Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. Our Bibles now, Philippians chapter number 3. I want to try to preach today a message that I feel is very, very important for today. I want to go ahead and let you look at verse number 10. I'm going to go back and start at verse 7 though. But verse number 10 has been said by many preachers, Christians uh, in general have said that verse number 10 is their life's verse. Do you have a life verse that you could say that this verse is the embodiment of who I am, why I do what I do, my beliefs and all the things that go along with that? Do you have a life's verse? I've had people come to me and say, Preacher, what is your life's verse? And I'm ashamed to say that I just simply cannot pick one verse out of all the 66 books of the Bible. I love all of God's Word and it's very hard for me to pick out just one. But verse number 10 would be a real close verse for me. I'm going to read it for you quickly and then I'm going to jump back at verse number 7. And the Bible says that I may know Him. Who? Jesus Christ. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto his death. We, we'll go back now to verse number 7 and we're going to find that the Word of God is building a case that leads uh, to a climax in verse number 10. So the, of course those of you that study your Bible you know that the Apostle Paul had written this uh, church epistle to the church at Philippi. And it's been said about this, this book, this chapter uh, this is the book where Paul was losing everything. He was losing everything. Let's read verse number 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. What have you lost for Jesus' sake? What have you really lost for Jesus' sake? Many of us have the mind that we, we grow up in a community, we're going to live out a, our days in prosperity, we're going to have everything that our heart desires and that we want, but that's not what Paul preached. He was willing to lose that he may gain Christ in his life. And I look in the Word of God, especially in verse number 7, in the verses prior to this, the Apostle Paul really was losing. He was losing and I wrote down some of the things that I see in chapter number 2 leading into chapter number 3. I want you to consider this while we read these verses. Paul lost his religious position. How do you consider that? He lost, he lost the place that he was at. You remember before Paul was saved on the road to Damascus, he was what the Bible would call uh, a religious leader. He had everything going for him religiously, but he was lost. It's often been said that the quickest route to hell is through religion. Religion will lead 
you to hell. One of the most dangerous positions that any human being can get into is in your mind you have God figured out in your own way and you've limited God and you don't follow what the Bible actually says. And I've heard person after person say this, uh, that, uh, well, I'm better than so-and-so. They go to church and I know the life that they live and they put boundaries around them and themselves and they say, I can be just as good as anybody else can be, and I'm, I, 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 and, and they start picking things apart that they do. But what does God say? What does God say? He says in verse number seven, th- uh, seven things that were gained to me, I counted for loss. What have you lost for Christ's sake? Let's read what Paul is going to lose. Verse eight, he says, "Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss." For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them, but dung that I may win Christ. So he's lost his religious position. He lost his reputation because now he's a follower of Jesus Christ uh, and separated himself from the Judaizers of that day who were just mere people of religion, but no true conversion in salvation. He had lost the human resources that came along with that. And there was a, just like it is today in a lot of uh, religious settings, you have a patriarchal type setting where you've got a man at the top and so forth and so on. And Paul was the man that was at the top. But when he began to be a follower of Jesus Christ, he lost everything. Physically, he lost, uh, in, this, in these chapters you'll see physically, he was going to lose his health. The people around him that he was ministering with, a man by the name in chapter number 2 of Ephroditus, who had literally put himself in such harm's way that his health began to, ter- to deteriorate. And not only that, how many of you have served God to the point where it affected your health? Where that it affected your well-being? Because you wanted to get the gospel out to a lost and dying world. Well, Ephroditus did that. And then he gives us a word about Timothy who's coming in the way. And I'm going I'm to get on now. To, uh, well, I've got to get to verse number 10. But he lost so many things. This is the losing book in the Bible. But yet he had everything. He had everything. Verse number 9. And he found and be found in him not having mine own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, righteousness which is of God by faith. Now this leads us to the thinking in verse number 10 that I hope that I can impart some kind of spiritual wisdom unto you this morning from verse number 10. I love this verse. And may it be our life's verse for each and every one of us as we leave this service today. And I want to ask you a question. Do you know... Jesus Christ. This is what Paul is saying, that I may know Him. It's not enough to know about the Savior. That's what Paul is saying. He said, on the road to Damascus, I knew about Jesus Christ. I knew about the church. I knew what the church was doing, that there were people that were having services in their homes. There were people having services out in public. I knew about the church and what they were doing. And Paul was so committed to religion that he had gotten to the place in his life where he was willing to kill 
That's right. He was willing to kill the church and the people in the church in the name of religion. And he knew about Jesus, but he didn't know who Jesus was. And one of the greatest fears that I have as a pastor, as a preacher, is that I come across people day in and day out and they say, Oh, preacher, I believe in Jesus Christ. But I, don't, and I wonder through the life that they live uh, and seeing the, the way that they act and conduct themselves, do they really know Jesus Christ in a personal way? And that's what Paul was saying. I began to take, I want to stop here for just a minute and give you just a little brief history about me. I grew up in church. I grew up singing the songs of faith. I grew up in Sunday school. But there came a time in my life when something happened. Apostle Paul says that I may know him and this is what was driving this saint of God and what a gift it must have been to the church at Philippi to get this letter written from this great apostle to tell them everything that he was losing but he was gaining everything in Jesus Christ. I grew up in those kinds of settings. but I remember so very well how the preacher would preach and I began to feel something on the inside of me, it wasn't just the preacher that was speaking. It was more than that. It was the Word of God taking a lodging place in my heart. And I began to sense and realize that I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. And this is the great, this is the great problem of society today. Everybody knows about Jesus, but do they know Him? Well, the day finally came when I bowed on my knees and with my family gathered around me. And blessed is the day when a young man or a young lady gets on his or her knees and they call out to God in salvation. And there, God does that, that work, that miracle of birthing that person into the family of God. Do you have that place in your life? Where that you were, where something supernatural happened, you can't explain it. You don't understand all of it. All that you know is that you were on your knees and you had your head bowed. You were looking up, and all at once, the Spirit of God comes into you, and He births you into the family of God. Thank God, I began to know Christ in that way, and uh, I got saved. Born again into the family of God, and I cherish that to this day. I, did, I couldn't quote John 3.16. I didn't know the Romans wrote. I didn't know anything much about the Bible. All I knew was that I had been revealed through the preaching of God's Word that I was lost. I needed to be saved. I reached up, and he reached down, and I got born again. And like David said, he put my foot upon a rock. He established my going. As the old preacher said, I've slid from side to side on that rock, but I've never got off of it. Thank God I'm saved today. And I've been saved for a long time. 1987 has been a long time ago. And I cherish that conversion that God gave me when I got saved. And you can have that as well. But the Apostle Paul began to say that I, that I may know him. And he said, not only do I know about him on the road to Damascus, I knew him. I saw him. I heard his voice. I saw him with my own eyes. And he was, uh, in, his, in his own way, he had a conversion experience on the road to Damascus. I want to ask you a question. Is what you profess and what you have good enough to die with, 
Is it good enough to die with today? The Apostle Paul said, I know him. And when you know somebody, it's not good enough to just come sit in the church and sing a few songs and pray a little bit. You want to know him. You want to hear his voice. You want to get back to that place. Uh, listen, there were times in my life by many infallible proofs, Brother Tim, where that God, through his mighty power, that it, it couldn't have been anybody else. It couldn't have been the preacher. It couldn't have been the church. It had to be all of Christ that was working in me the hope of glory. I've got experience after experience that I could share with you, but there are two times in my life since I was saved that the Holy Spirit revealed himself to me in such a way that how can I doubt? How can I doubt it? How can I go against those experiences that also line up with God's Word? And I shall never forget one night uh, we were praying uh, there uh, with our... With our well, there were young preachers that started preaching about the same time that I did. I shall never forget this day as long as I live, as I was praying. The choir was singing. We were standing together. Uh, Dean Bright was on one side of me right here. And uh, young preachers, all, and I mean, we were on fire for God. And we were, we were praying together. We were preaching together. We were winning souls together. And I didn't know that I didn't have but just a few more days left of being with them for God was going to call me away to my own work in ministry. And I'll never forget it, Brother Odell, as long as I live, I'm preaching on that I may know Christ. And I'll never forget, I was praying secretly inside, but I, I was saying, oh God, I want you to touch Brother so-and-so. This is my brother on the other side. And I said, oh God, I want you to touch my other brother on this side that's a, a, a faithful servant in the ministry. I said, oh God, bless the man of God, Dean Bryan, and as soon as soon as I said that, something happened. And it felt like it went on for days. But it, it, it was only maybe a 10-minute period. And I, Sometimes I regret to say things like this because I don't know that you fully understand the power of God that we may know Him. It's His Spirit consumed me and it was like I had stuck my finger into an electrical socket and it, was, and it was like an electrocution of love that just fell on me I couldn't speak I couldn't say anything but say Lord this good it's good to be a child of God it's good to be saved it's good to be a child of God and I said Lord I love you so much and as soon as I said that he poured on another level and it got so thick on me. I'm talking about that I may know him. It wasn't, it wasn't that I just knew about him intellectually. I began to experience the love of Christ in a new way. And I said, good, it's good to be here, oh God. And as soon as I said it one more time, it's like he poured it on one more time. And then I couldn't move. And I really thought I was going to die. You may say, preacher, that, could that really happen? Well, it did whether you believe me or not. And I said, God, as soon as I began to say something negative, Brother Henry, in my prayer to God, he, he backed off. And last night while I was praying, knowing what was in my heart today, I told the Lord how sorry I was that I began to say something negative to him in prayer. I'm asking you a question. Do you know God to the point where that the Holy Spirit has physically 
changed and impressed you in such a way you can be like the Apostle Paul and say that I may know him and this is the second part in the power of his resurrection how about that to know about Christ in such a way I mean let's put ourselves in Paul's shoes on the day that he was saved he physically lost his sight and I'm convinced when someone truly gets saved your eyes are not going to see the things that you used to see because you've heard something, you've felt something, and you've experienced something that changes you from the inside out. And I'd hate to know that on my watch at Mount Gilead Church in this day of apostasy and apathy when people are professing great things about God and they're saying all these things religiously about God, but God is nowhere around or in a lot of the religion that we see happening in our day. And I'd hate to know on my watch that I let somebody in this church slipped through the cracks. And I am never, I've never been a preacher that preached a, uh, a conversion that you just get up and talk about it and that's all. I believe when you get saved, you're going to be changed from the inside out. Amen. From the inside out. And Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And friend, uh, listen, there is nobody. I want to challenge every Jew that would watch, every Palestinian that would watch, every unbeliever that would watch today. I want to ask you a question. The people that are following the Islamic faith, that have a holy jihad against Christians and Jews today, and every Orthodox Jew, let me explain. There are Jews that are Messianic Jews. What does that mean? It means that they believe the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they are part of the body of Christ. And then there's the Orthodox Jew who is still holding to the first five books of the Bible. They believe in the Torah. And they do not accept Christianity, but they follow the teachings of Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the way to Moses. They believe in that. But listen, can I ask every human being that's going to listen a question this morning, has there ever been a man in any other religion across the world? I challenge the Buddhists. I challenge the, Is the Islamic faith. I challenge everybody that's uh, worshiping trees or idols today. Has there ever been a God? that you follow that's ever gotten up out of the grave, that separates everything. That's why Christianity is the only religion worth following is because our Savior got up through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was God's power that indwelled that borrowed tomb on that third day. Yes, sir. It was God's power that got him up out of that grave. He was altogether dead, but on that third day he was altogether alive. Therefore, when we get saved, let me give you something that's good, that's rich today, that you can base eternity on this morning when you get saved listen the power of the Holy Spirit the same thing that went in to that borrowed tomb came out uh, and God made the Savior come out victorious over death hell in the grave is the same thing that came into you when you were born again into the family of God they said I don't know about my conversion how can you not how can you not you pray to be saved and the power of the resurrected Savior comes inside of you not only that, takes up his abode and lives with you and follows you and goes with you wherever you go. You know, all my life, I've been a stubborn human being. I know you can't believe that. A stubborn human being. A lot of the times I want what I want, just like you. 
I got to have what I want when I want it. I mean, bless your heart. In my heart combined, if I miss out and don't get my six, seven, eight hours of sleep at night, our flesh wants what it wants. But ever since I've been saved, somebody has been going with me. And when temptations come, and I've not always been perfect, uh, but when temptation comes, there's somebody that says, wait a minute. That's the power of a resurrected Savior. And that's what Paul said, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Do you know Him this morning in that kind of way? An intimate way, a special way, where the, the Apostle Paul could say, and may it echo through this church and throughout every generation, that we could count all things but loss for Jesus' sake. Are you willing to lose everything for Him? They said, well, preacher, i got a lot to gain. If Christ isn't in the, middle, in the middle of it, it's not worth anything. Now consider with me the Apostle Paul's own testimony. He lost his prestige. He lost it. People began to say and talk about him and ridicule and persecute and eventually would lose his life at Nero's court. There he would lose it all. Uh, but listen, this man would shape the whole world for Christianity's sake, losing everything. He, let, he didn't have places to sleep at times. Shipwrecked. Uh, was beaten. Uh, listen, stripes laid upon him. Uh, in prison, sickness had come upon him all alone at times. And may I remind every child of God today that your Bible was written through the hands of a man of God who was being persecuted in sickness. And listen, the Philippian letter is believed to be one of the prison epistles that he got to the church. And there he wrote it. Can you imagine in prison writing these lessons, these sermons, these words unto us so that we could have more of Christ? And I am so envious of the missionary that leaves the prestige. Can I say this from the pulpit? Darwin has been texting me every, every, almost every day since he's been here at Mount Gilead. He's watched those prayer services that we've had. Can I, can I tell you how blessed we are today? Darwin getting ready to go back to the Philippines and he sent word back home while we, while we were having our prayer service under the tent the other night. While we were praying for the nation of Israel, for our churches, for souls to be saved and God to do a work, he sent word back to the Philippines and the Filipino people were gathering for prayer as well a world away. That's how you know that Christ is in somebody. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. And not only that, uh, we see the resurrection power, His rejected passion. That's what Christ, He was rejected uh, and despised of men. And Paul said, I want to know that Savior. And thirdly, we see the redemptive, the redemptive passion that Paul has through the sufferings that he had in fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus Christ being made conformable unto His death that I may know Him. I don't think I'll ever get over what He did for me as an eight-year-old boy. No, I, I didn't know much, and thank God He's never quit working on me. But He's been with me every step of the way. And I am convinced He's going to go with me until we get home. But I want to know Him in the past. Can you imagine being able to be so close to the Savior that you hear His voice? Let's consider John. The Bible teaches us about John that he would lay his breast 
on the chest and the heart of the Savior close enough that he could hear the Savior's heartbeat. They called him John the Beloved. John on the Isle of Patmos. Talk about a refugee. They stuck him over there to imprison him away from everybody. But John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and I heard a voice behind me. In other words, he was where he ought to be in the house, as close as he could get to the house of God, worshiping God on the Lord's day and he turned to see who the voice was and there he stood, the Lamb of God. I'm talking about being so close to somebody that you understand his voice, that you hear him with your own ears and you feel his presence with your own your own eternal being. I want to ask you this morning, do you have that kind of relationship? I believe the Apostle Paul was compelled to pray just as we are. And a person that does not pray much don't know much about the Savior. Now let's get down to where the rubber meets the road now with what you profess what you talk about, your knowledge of God. And uh, I had somebody tell me this the other day, that God is the God of all the major religions of the world. Monotheism, that's what we call it in theology. One God. Islam goes all the way back to Abraham. They do. But we know they can't be right with God because they're slaying and killing Innocent people. They believe in God. A God. Think about it. And they're willing to die for what they believe in. I want to ask you this morning. Where do you stand? What compels you and moves you the most to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? I want to echo what the Apostle Paul says I count everything but for loss for Jesus sake are you willing to lose I'm not saying that you've got to lose your house your family but there's somebody here today that God has sent a message to that you've been following religion but you've never made a move for Christ and the only way you can be right with God is to make a move of loss that's right when you get saved, in essence, you're saying, I'm willing to lose myself, deny me, and become a follower of Jesus Christ. And then the miracle takes place. It's by and through God's power, the resurrection power, that we are saved. I've tried to keep things elementary and simple today. Somebody needs to be saved. You've got family members at home, children, that has God figured out up here, and they're going to miss heaven by about 16 or 18 inches. They got God figured out in their mind, but they've never truly been born again. My job is not to make people doubt. It's to help build people's faith. But when the rubber meets the road, if you've never truly been saved, you know it. And it's going to take you losing before you gain. I want to have Miss Stacy come to the piano and Brother Zach, can you be making your way to lead us in the invitation hymn? I feel, I feel the presence of God in this church today. And this morning could be a, 
a morning that changes everything in someone's life. I love to be around when folks are getting saved. I love it. And I want to be a part of it. And I want to tell you that the church does not save anyone. Never has and never will. It, the preacher doesn't save anyone. When you get saved, you get saved because you have allowed Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You've let your guard down. You've said, Lord, here I am. I give my life to you and I want to become a follower, a child of Jesus Christ. And thank God it's that simple. The Bible says in Romans says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know what that means? If there ain't nobody in this church that's not a sinner, we've all fallen short. Also says in the book of Romans, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You believe that? You believe that God commends his love? That's what he's doing right now. World without end, amen. Commending his love. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Nobody. That puts us all on a level playing field. Everybody. The Bible also says, But if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So the Bible gives us his plan of salvation of how we can be saved. It's a a simple, simple thing of saying, Lord, I confess, I believe. In, In an act of just getting up and coming to an altar and saying, Lord, I'm following you. I believe is enough for a conversion. You get down and you say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I realize that. The day I give my life to you and I follow you as my Savior, I believe in Jesus' name. You give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you're willing to confess it and tell it, my, my, God can't help himself. You become a child of God. You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. It's 8.30.